I was in New Orleans all week. Yeah. Which was really fun. And whatever they say about me did not occur. <laughs> but look, I've been gone a long time. I was here last week. I had to remind myself I was here. Um, and we've been talking a lot about relationships. It's the theme of this month. I hope that you have been conversing with your divine, taking the time to just talk. Just talk to the God of your being. And uh, let God become your friend, your, the divine presence that you feel and can talk to and can hear. Last week we talked about loving yourself, so I hope you did your homework, which was to stand in front of the mirror and to love yourself and to acknowledge yourself. If you didn't do that, you can do that today when you get home. And this week, we're going to talk about, probably you can guess, right? Loving others. We have God, love ourselves, and from that consciousness, from the direct connection, we then can move out in a very different and uh, profound way. Having the love of God within is a glorious experience. Loving ourselves is phenomenal. But the path that we're on in this particular three-dimensional reality on this earth plane is to extend that love and to realize that love within our brothers and sisters together. That is the calling of this particular plane of existence. I'll tell you a story. There's a woman. I had a, a number of children, and one child, a son, about 17 or 18 years old, hadn't slept for 24 hours. And then her son hadn't slept for 48 hours. So she was getting a little worried. 48 hours turned into 72 hours. And at 96 hours, her son began speaking gibberish and became incoherent. So they took him to the hospital. And after many tests, the doctors came out and said, is there a mental illness in your family? And she said, no. And then she thought, wait a minute. She called her ex-husband's sister and said, this is going on. And she said, yes, this actually runs in the family of the men on my side. So her son was diagnosed with a very rare uh, form of schizophrenia and there wasn't the right medicines for him yet created. And she went into deep shame, she went into deep pain. She made it personal and she felt like life was unfair. Life was happening to her. She was at the effect and it was hard. Now it's hard nonetheless for that kind of a transition in life to occur uh, for you when you think life is going one way and life says, by the way, we're turning left here. <laughs> and years went by. It actually took 10 years for the right medicines to be developed and uh, mixed for him to start returning to self. And during that time, it was a very profound journey, a dark night of her soul, and she really faced um, the demons of her shame, of her embarrassment, of her wanting to disassociate and pretend that she wasn't with this person that she calls son. And there was a time that she was in a grocery store, she was standing in line, she was behind someone who was very slow. And there was a whole line behind her, and everyone was getting impatient, including herself. And suddenly her heart busted open because she realized that the man in front of her was mentally ill, and that he was moving as fast as she could. He, he was moving as fast as he could. Not only did her heart bust open, it absolutely filled her with the realization, which is, that is my son. He is my son. And in that moment, she felt spirit step her forward and assist him 
and filling out his check and doing what he needed to do. She helped him move through that process because she saw him as her own. And throughout that day, she walked in that oneness, that experience. She felt the healing, and that healing extended to her own son. And she realized the pain that he had endured and she had endured by the subtle and not-so-subtle rejections that had been happening along this path that no one really knew how to walk. But in that moment of calling a stranger, realizing that is my son for real, not an image of, that is my son and he is mine. Yes. When he is mine, took over her being, she experienced a healing. She realized the oneness and she realized what it means to truly help another from that place of love. That is what we're all here to discover as I began. There's a story in the Bible, in the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis. It's actually about the children of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. And the question that comes up very early, which is centuries and centuries and centuries ago, is, am I my brother's keeper? Now, as the story goes, Cain is walking through the woods or through the land, wherever he was, and God says, hey, where's Abel? Now, I'm kind of a smart aleck. Unlike Cain, I would have said, well, you should know all, see all, hear all. I think you got to work on those skills. Cain wasn't as smart as I So he said simply, I don't know. Why are you asking me? Am I my brother's keeper? This is what he says. So Cain is not able to take responsibility for the whereabouts of Abel. Now, if you know the story, what Cain did was kill Abel, which adds a twist to the whole story. Not only was he willing to know where he is, he was also unwilling to take responsibility for the murder that occurred. Am I my brother's keeper? This is a question. Questions in the Bible are not meant to be answered with a definite answer. The reason am I my brother's keeper exists over centuries of time is it because, is because it is a question that leads us into aspects of self that answer yes and no, and yes and no, and yes and no. There are questions that take her into us into deeper and deeper and deeper realms. They are unanswerable, and yet the question leads us to a revelation. So am I my brother's keeper? Metaphysically, in the story... Cain represents the consciousness within us that is attached to the material world. It is all about the world of form. It is forgotten who it is. Abel represents the spiritual aspect of self. But in this particular story, Abel represents a fresh, a new experience of, of spirit that is not yet grounded. It is not yet the foundation of being. It is an innocent spirituality that is just being birthed. It doesn't yet know its grounding. Can you relate to that? Yes. You know who you are. You're beginning to understand spirituality. But it's not yet the foundation of your being. So when an aspect of self that is materialistic, fearful, and wants to control everything comes in, the spiritual self quickly loses its footing. And if you will allow me to use the energy for the moment, it becomes killed. 
It becomes eliminated by the power of the aspect of self that is materially focused. That's what the story represents metaphysically. It's when the part of us takes over. Now, it's the same old story that's repeated over and over. Love versus fear. Love versus fear. Now, Cain did not intend to care for Abel. That was not his intention. His intention was to get him out of the way. Now, let's stay within ourselves for a moment before we move outward. Inside yourself, you have the goodness of God that rises up within you that says, you know, I should do the right thing. You know, I should keep my mouth shut. You know, I should just pray right now. You know, I should stop telling my poor me story. There's this sweet little innocent spiritual part that rises up and says, hello. <laughs> and then you've got that other part that comes through like a Mack truck sometimes and plows it over, just flattens it out and says, we're going this way. I'm in control. I'm going to say what's occurring. I'm going to demand what's happening. I'm going to make this thing work. Whenever that takes over, we are in trouble. We are separated from the innocence of our being. We are unable to care for the aspects of ourselves. And yet, both of those parts exist within us. And so it's not about which one's going to win your boat. We know love wins and love prevails. But the way the other remains and dissolves and transforms is by staying within yourself and allowing yourself to be in right relationship with it from the love that you are. That's the harder work. Because when we get a glimpse at that part of ourselves, how violent it is, how angry it can be, how destructive it can be, we do not want it. It's hard to breathe. It's hard to breathe in the center of that. And yet that is our spiritual work because it will not transform by ignoring. It will not transform by hiding under the carpet. It will not transform by projecting onto another. It transforms by the love that we are, welcoming it into the center of our being. Now, let's look how this plays out externally because this is where it gets really tricky. My hope for us today is that you will begin to see how unloving you are. So you've got to create a lot of space. A lot of space. And I really mean this. This isn't about blame. I just want to start seeing the sun. You're ready for the subtle aspects. And it's really cool when you catch them because you'll begin to allow at a deeper level of being. The first one is when we hurt people for their own good. They needed to see it. Let me tell you a sweet story because this is a sweet story that you're really going to grapple with. A mother has a four-year-old child, and the child is sick. The child has an infection. An ear infection was a common, I think, at that time. And so the child has to take medicine. Well, the child does not want to take the medicine. In fact, the child hates taking medicine because it tastes horrible, and it causes trauma in this being. The mother must give the child the medicine, yes? yes. That is the job. 
of the mother. And the mother does so out of love and the child is hurt. The child experiences trauma. Now, no blame. We just want to create space and realize, oh, am I, am I loving? Can this occur also? In this child, we have given them what they deserve. Everyone in here, but you have to give the medicine to the child. Not even in question. But how are we in relationship to the part that did get hurt? That's what I want us to open up for. Can we go, when the child goes, you hurt me, can we go, yes, it did. It did. I'm really sorry about that. Not... Well, I had to give you the medicine. Well, you have to get better. Do you see the defense that wants to push back? All I'm saying is acknowledging the fullness of what is occurring. And simply saying, yes, that is what just happened, baby. That's what happened. And let me hug you. I love, let me, let me acknowledge it. Isn't that sweet? In our loving, there are times when we must allow hurt to occur for the greater good. And the ego part, the part that doesn't know how to hold that, will defend, will push it away. And say, well, I did it for love. Do you feel the energy? Well, I did it for love. As opposed to, yes, this occurred. This occurred. We're still going to do it. <laughs> We're still going to move in this direction. But I'm not going to deny your experience. I'm going to be with you in it. That's the keeper. That's the part that welcomes what's occurring and simply allows that. That remains the same and let's go back in inside of yourself. When you do to yourself, I have to do this to myself. It's going to hurt, but that's what I have to do. You get as hard on yourself as opposed to taking a moment and asking that part that's getting traumatized, that part that feels afraid, that part that goes to the four-year-old self that was hurt and, and traumatized and not recognized when that gets ignited within yourself, how are you in relationship with that? Are you repeating the pattern of rejection and elimination and justification? Or are you changing the pattern within your own being, allowing it to coexist and taking a moment to love yourself right there? That's the spiritual practice. Let's go to another story. You hurt people with your assumptions and your reactions. Now this one's really obvious. This one's really obvious. Let me give you another scenario. Oh, father, I don't know why I'm on a parent trip here. <laughs> a father's waiting for a, a son to come home, a teenage son, and he's passed his curfew. And what happens in the father's mind? Um, and let's say the son has got this pattern and, you know, has trouble in his past. So the father's starting to assume what's he up to, what's he doing. He's not following the rules. And the mind starts to trip down the what's wrong with his son. And he starts to get a reaction, starts to get activated. So that when the son walks in the door, bam! Right? I mean, that guy's been waiting with guns loaded. <laughs> He has been sitting on that couch. I will not go to bed. When he walks in there, I'm right here. <laughs> when the child walks in, now again, this is parent-child, this is love. There is a love behind this, but the mind 
takes him down such a road of assumptions and storytelling. And the assumptions and the storytelling activate the emotional body. The emotional body says, this is happening! It doesn't say, this is possible, let me check it out. It says, this is happening! Which then triggers the anger, the reaction, and the response which the person receives when they walk in the door. Now the father blasts the son and grounds him and sends him to his room and goes to all this drama, only to find out the next day that actually, perhaps he was with his friend and the friend's father got ill and had a heart attack or something, and he was there to help them. He was actually being of service to another. He doesn't find this out till the next day. Now an enlightened father's got to take a real deep breath on that one. Most fathers feel guilty and ashamed for sure. But we swallow it real fast and we do something like, well, next time, remember to call. <laughs> right? Put a button on it. <laughs> All right? But next time. Right? It's a part of us that has to be right. It's a part of us that, that, that can't pause and go, whoa, you know what, son? I, I just sat there and made up a whole bunch of assumptions. Right. I gave up on you before you walked in the door. I did not forgot who you are. And when you walked in the door, I had designed you as my criminal. And I treated you like that. Like, do you get that? That's deep ownership of what's occurring. No blame, no shame. We do it. We all do it. We assume, we make things up, and then we address the person from that place. Our spiritual practice to be our brother and sister's keeper is to pay close attention when the mind starts to run rampant down the rabbit hole of destruction and separation to go, whoa! I love the Byron Katie stuff. When her daughter, she tells a story about her daughter who was alcoholic and she was out and so she had lots of reason to make up stories about what was happening with her daughter and she had this moment where she said, I am woman sitting in chair. <laughs> That's what's occurring. Get very conscious about what is real. What is real? I'm sitting here in the living room by myself, and actually the person hasn't come home yet, so I don't know. Ah, a little space. A little bit of space. You're ready to do that. You're ready to start challenging your assumptions, listening to them, and paying close attention, close attention to what's occurring. I'm going to give you one more, because this is really important. This is a real important one. Well, I didn't mean to hurt them. I didn't even talk to them. How can they be mad at me? That's a good one, isn't it? I was there the whole time. I didn't even talk to them. Why would they be mad at me? Oh, gee, I don't know. <laughs> I'll let them figure it out. Let that occur. You know something's occurring, but it's not mine. It's not mine. In that design, the ego design, you're not intending to hurt them, but you're not also intending to love them. You're not intending to go the extra step that says, there's something energetically here, and it's important to me to address it and to find out what's going on and if I can be a part of making this different. I'm feeling it, therefore it is mine. And I'm not going to wait for you to get it because I think it's your problem. Do you get the, the craziness of that? It's your problem. Where, where, where does your problem exist in oneness? 
how is it possible that your problem exists in oneness? This is deep spiritual teaching, people, and this is for the spiritual warriors that are ready to walk the higher path of 100% responsibility. Not only... Go ahead, go ahead. I got spiritual path, not only for what they're seeing, but for the waves of energy that are occurring around them. See, this is subtle. You can't see this. You can feel it. Take responsibility for what you Take responsibility for what you feel. The waves, the vibrations of what's occurring. Because this is the absolute truth. Let's get into pure metaphysics. Everything that you see, everything that you feel, everything that is happening is a reflection of you. It is within your mind. You are the creator of your reality, of your life, and everything that's happening. Imagine yourself not ending here, but imagine yourself as this vibration that, that casts itself huge, way far out wide to every person you can see and beyond. That is all your creation. Try that out. Try that out. Walk down the street as if it is your creation. Walk through here when someone walks by that doesn't say hello to you and go, oh, I just created so-and-so walking by and not saying hi to me. How did I create that? Oh, well, actually, I want them to say hi to me because I think that that means something. Suddenly, you get into the inner reality of, wow, I'm creating who's attracted to me and who's repelling I'm creating all of this by my vibration. And they're all showing me. This is the good news. The good news is that every single person is showing you what you're thinking, feeling, and experiencing. And what's available for the transformation within you. How do we transform? Forgiveness. Favorite spiritual practice, second to prayer and meditation. I'll let it all go up there on the top line. Forgiveness is our tool. Talk about forgiveness a lot. I will talk about forgiveness a lot. Because it is one of our primary spiritual practices here at Bodhi. Here's the thing about forgiveness that's really tricky. Is you can't do it. You can't forgive. Let's go deeper. Not only can you not forgive, you don't want to forgive. You do not want to forgive. The ego cannot forgive. You can't forgive from the broken part. You cannot forgive from I am hurt. How can the consciousness of I am hurt forgive? Not possible. Two plus two will not equal four in that equation. So when I'm saying you can't forgive, I'm saying in the effect of, in the I am hurt, in the I am right, in those parts of the mind that trap us and we are powerless over, we cannot forgive. Can't. So that's good news. Stay with me. You're helpless. You're helpless to forgive. But when we realize that we can't do it, when we realize we're helpless, that becomes the opening in which we can ask the divine to come in and do through us which we cannot do for ourselves. That is where when we realize, I can't forgive. Don't don't play all that spiritual woo-woo stuff on it. Don't get like, oh, I'm going to forgive them. Forget it. Get real for a moment. Get real. I can't forget. I don't even want to forgive that. Did you see? Did you see? <laughs> Let that realize, wow, that lives in me. Welcome that, welcome that. I can't do it. I'm helpless.
heart that wants to be right has got me. And when it's got me, I can't do a thing except realize it's got me and then wave the white flag. But the white flag of surrender calls upon the Holy Spirit so quickly. And then forgiveness shall be done through you in a way that is absolutely miraculous. Forgiveness does work. It works Oh, miracles, miracles upon miracles upon miracles unfold from this thing called forgiveness. And our part in forgiveness is to be helpless and willing to call upon it. To simply call upon the grace of God that is inherent with the thing forgiveness. This is that, Father, I cannot, oh, funny. Father, forgive them for I know not, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. Higher self, forgive them. Divine, forgive them. Something greater than hanging on this cross, forgive them. Because I am feeling crucified. I am feeling hurt. I am feeling wounded. I am feeling righteous. And in that state, separation is what I'm suffering. I am suffering in those things. And I don't want to suffer. And I don't know how to stop suffering. Are you with me? Yes. This this is when we call upon the Holy Spirit. One of my guides said in India, she said, when you experience the joy and freedom on the other side of forgiveness, you will be willing to forgive anyone all the time. That sounded good. (laughs) I wanted some of that. I wanted to taste the feeling of forgiveness on the other side that would absolutely catch me in the moment and never let me suffer in lengthy withdrawals from freedom ever again. I'm going to tell you a quick story that will trip your mind up. Some of you know it. On one of the journeys that that we took in India, like shamanic journeys, and this is trippy, it really is. Um, I, you won't get it, but I don't care. <laughs> a part of you will get it. So I'm on this journey, this shamanic kind of a journey. And I am going to clean up whatever past life things need to occur to forgive what is in my way so that I can move forward in this lifetime. And I land in what is known as the animal kingdom. And I'm facing an elephant. And what I see is that in a I have killed this elephant's baby, dragged it away by its horn, or whatever you call that, tusk, grabbed away by its tusk, while this mother elephant is standing there watching all of it. Now I'm seeing this in my mind, and I'm feeling this in my body, and suddenly I am inside the mother elephant, and I am feeling the trauma. I am feeling the terror, I am feeling the intense pain that can't even have words because this beloved being has just watched its child be killed and taken away from her. I am feeling all of this. And I am on the temple floor sobbing and screaming and begging this elephant to forgive me, to release me from this karma. And to sit inside of that pain, there are no words for it. And yet sitting inside of that pain was glorious because it was setting me and this blessed being free. It was breaking, it was healing the pain that had been created by, I'll say, my action in this moment. 
whatever it represented. And at some point of wailing and begging this elephant for food, just begging, 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 please forgive me, please, and sobbing and snot coming out of everything. It was just, I was a mess on the floor for quite a long time. Finally, I was released and I stood before the elephant and the elephant bowed before releasing me. Now, in my mind, in reality, it was, who cares? I had a full-on experience of feeling an effect of an action. Feeling fully the effect of the action. And I was told, when you experience the effect of your action in their shoes, you will beg for forgiveness. You won't even think twice about it. There will be no justification. There will be no, when you are right, there will be no, there will be no ego involved whatsoever. There will only be the, the experience of the effect of your actions, the oneness with this being, and your immediate desire to be released from that pain. Only the pain is part of our journey because if we don't, we will keep ourselves one step removed from the act of forgiveness. Are you with me? Yes. It is yes. in the center of the pain, which is shocking how it has a beauty to it, how you can endure it, how as it's consuming you, there's something alive. There's something alive in the center of it. And forgiveness is effortless. So part of our journey, part of the gift you can look for and seek and request is that you be able to feel the effect of whatever you're stuck in. If there is another that you're keeping outside of your heart, pray. Pray that you can feel that person. Because when you allow yourself to envelop them and feel them, the oneness will return and you will know your holiness. And from your holiness you will experience a miracle. It really, really works. But we have to stop pushing it all away. We have to stop going, ouch, ouch, no, 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 no. I'm right, I'm right, you're wrong. All this stuff. We've got to cease. We've got to cease that. We've got to open up and allow it to come in. Deep lesson today, yeah? yeah. <laughs> Take a breath. Take a breath. People, and you're, you're so ready. We're ready as a community. We're ready as a community to own this world. We're ready to own it. Turn with it. Take a deep breath. A deep breath. Awaken the divine within your heart. And just ask your divine to show you a situation where perhaps you've heard another and weren't even aware of it. Just ask for a little peace. If you're unaware, ask your divine to help you see. Help me see where out of knowing or ignorance, an action harmed another. And in this contemplation, see if you can let yourself feel a little bit, a little bit of the effect no right or wrong, no blame, people. This is just what happens. It's what fear does. Invite the divine to show you. You will be shown. You will be shown the effect 
And you will be allowed to feel it. Allow yourself to breathe it in. And if you can find even a drop of it, ask that forgiveness be done. Ask. Ask the higher power, the divine, Father, Mother, God. Ask. May forgiveness prevail right here. May forgiveness transform myself and this story so that oneness is the truth and the experience of my being.